0: Thank you for tuning in to Humble Hermeneutic, a Jude 3 Project podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the Jude 3 Project and is made possible by generous supporters like you. If you would like to become a monthly supporter of the Jude 3 Project or give a one-time gift, you can do so at jew 3 projectorg or you can take our online courses or get our curriculum at ju3project.org as well. And we also have merch available. I hope you enjoy this episode with Yana Connor and Dr. Cynthia James. And I hope that you develop a humble hermeneutic.
1: Hello friends. Uh welcome to humble hermeneutics. Um I am One of your co-hosts, Yana, Janae, uh, Connor, and our other co-host for this podcast is Dr. Cynthia James. Dr. Cynthia James, say hello to the people. Hello, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we are a new uh, podcast called Humble Hermeneutics um, that is being sponsored by the ju 3 Project that is passionate about helping people to know what they believe and why they believe it. And here's the thing: you can't defend the faith if you don't know the faith. If you don't know the Bible and what the Bible says, um, then it's gonna hinder your ability to be an effective apologist. And so, our desire in this podcast is to really help others be excellent students of God's word. And so, hermeneutics—it's a big word. <laughs> it's a big fancy seminary word. Um, Dr. Cynthia James, how would you define hermeneutics?
2: Let me say one thing to the people again. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that is in this setting, I'm so looking forward to this and thank you. And thanks to Jude uh, Free Project. But I also want to say that I'm very much a learner in this process. I'm getting all my disclaimers out first. <laughs> uh, so what I say take it, you know, with a grain of salt. But in terms of hermeneutics, I guess the simplest thing that comes to my mind is the importance of interpretation. And we know that when we come to scripture, um, people see, read the same passage, but they see it differently, extract different things from it. And so it's a it's a process, it's a procedure. It almost becomes an ingrained lifestyle of how we read yeah. out of the text and whether or not we are seeing something into the text. So it's a matter of, of trying to understand what the word is saying in our circumstances.
1: Yeah, I love that. It is a, a method, um, if you will, um, and one of the the ways that I learned how to study the Bible is to go through this process of observation, interpretation. And then application, and so in observation, like we're just looking at the text to see what it says. You know, like what are the words on the page? We're doing simple uh, reading and comprehension. Uh, We're asking good questions. We're paying attention to repeated words and phrases. Uh, We're we're like investigators, right? Um, Who have arrived on a, a crime scene, and we're trying to figure out what. Happen, And then we take all of our observations and we try to make sense of it. Um, but with in interpretation, certain things that we have to keep in mind are, you know, the historical context, you know, what's the storyline that's happening? Where are we at in, in the Bible, right?
2: <laughs> you know, now, was that before or after seminary?
1: Uh, was that, of that, that was before seminary? Oh, that was no, actually great. before seminary. Okay. Yeah, I had a a a woman. Uh, her name was Jer- her name is Jarrell Sharon Font, and she taught me how to study God's word. I had a lot of questions about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and she took me to the word to help me to understand uh, more about it. And for me, it was just like, oh, I didn't even know this stuff was in the Bible. <laughs> you know that it was just so plainly. Um, put. And so just that little bit of reading uh was helpful, but then it was like, hey, okay, so now I need to look at the historical context, right? Like I need to understand what's happening in the events around this um, culturally, right? Like the Bible is like stepping into a foreign country and so um things like that. But then we come to a point of application because the, the word is supposed to do something in our lives. It's not just supposed to stay up here, but it's supposed to to be living and active um, through our lives, and so, yeah. So that is what what hermeneutics um, is. Um, Dr. Cynthia, can you speak? Let me let me offer contrast, if I can,
2: because one Please. of the things that's going to be so obvious and notable in this experience is going to be the contrast of the times and the age and the settings that we came up in.
1: Hmm.
2: Decades ago, I was fortunate enough to have a pastor who was. I don't know what his doctorate was in, but he was doctor somebody. So he he was well-trained and I suspect it might've been in theology as, as a young girl. So he went through processes of biblical criticism and, and the analysis and historical criticism in his own mind and in his process and his preparation. But I did not have any exposure to the sophistication to think mm-hmm. of going from step one to step two to step three. Um, in those days, we were probably much more naive learners in a way than what you described, which is just marvelous. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I was under the tutelage of someone who wasn't making it up as they go along, because that could have been horrible. Yeah. But he taught a very structured lesson. Emphasis was on the word and on uh, the teaching of scripture. But we also were were told in, uh, to bring to it a faith. So it mm-hmm. never it never crossed my mind as a teenager or a young person who was very into church to question what I was told. told. That didn't come until much later, which is sad to say, I guess. Uh, I believe I was pointed in a right direction, but we didn't question the scripture. We just heard this is what it says. And so you live it out, you walk it out, take it to heart. Uh, And so in, in my setting, which is different than others even in in the age that I grew up in, there was a very learned person at the helm but who did not share with us as far as I can recall what those stages were of interpretation and mythology.
1: I love that. I love that that we come to the word with with faith. Um, that's that's beautiful.
2: That's beautiful. That's what we were told to do. That doesn't mean we did it, but that's what we were told. You know, here's what it is. Believe it. And you do it. And you better do it. You do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So Dr. Cynthia why why do you believe that hermeneutics is important? Like that when we come to this word that we don't just come to it willy nilly, but that we come to it with intention, that we come to it with faith and with like some sort of process of of learning and interpreting God's word.
2: I think the most important part, I heard your question, but I'm coming through the side door. Of course. To come to it, I like the word you used, intention. Mm -hmm. And we come to it knowing that this is a word that, and I will quote King James as a foreign text, um, that is forever settled in heaven. Mm -hmm. And then any word that has been established and is foundational enough to last through the eons of time um, it it precedes me. It uh, uh, is concurrent with my life, and whatever time exists, it will continue to go on. And some aspect of it is unchanging, and yet some other dimension of it is so rightly tailored and suited for whoever I am on whatever continent I'm on, whatever my life experiences are, it's all covering. So all of that is so much bigger than I am and will ever hope to be, that sounds like an old hymn or something or a ballad. but we must come to it with the respect, with mm-hmm. the regard, but yet with the confidence that we can ask questions about it, that we can even doubt it and examine it and pull it apart and, and seek to do it put it back together again, but all with the consciousness that we don't know it all, that we haven't seen it all, mm-hmm. that we haven't heard it all. And we may not even have the capacity to to carry it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I think, points us in that direction of being humble.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, the Bible is like the revealed word of God, right? And so, because it is is in essence this divine book that, yes, was written by humans, but it was a you know a, a compilation of sorts, you know, coming together, a mm-hmm. uh, co-laboring. Uh, that there are things in this book that um, we will we will be ever seeking to understand. You know, yeah. that there are mm-hmm. there are concepts. Um, and that the goal isn't to to master it, you know, but instead, right, to be mastered um, by it. Um, but that even like, it's, it's, it's sanctification, right? Like that as we read our word that we're ever growing in our understanding of what it means that we've never arrived uh, to the place of knowing, but that we're always journeying um, to that. And so I think about what, you know, Paul says that, you know, um, in the end, he was like, everything will make sense, (laughs) you know, but for now, uh, there's, it's still blurry. It's it's still um, in, in process. I know what has helped me to, to trust, uh, to trust the Bible is just like how it's a cohesive story, right? Like, um, and how things like literally, like at certain points make sense. There are some things that are in the Bible that are like, disturbing and concerning and it's like what just happened here um and why did that person do that and why did god allow this and you know why does god choose to intervene in some things and not in other things and so it's a very complex book um and and at times it makes me uncomfortable but seeing the completeness of the story is what is what um what helps me, seeing how one thing builds upon another, um, one theme, one concept um, helps me to see that even though that humans are involved in this book, that there seems to be something that is superseding, um, that's superseding and is, is transcendent um, over that. And so uh, you hinted at humble hermeneutics, right? Yeah. And so why is humility um, so important um, in this process? And how do how do you see us living that out in, in our conversations?
2: In our conversations with the text, I assume you mean. Yes, ma'am. Um, we we deny ourselves full opportunity. It's like um I limit my own bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I narrow the 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 pathway into my life as well as going out if I don't approach it with that maybe, maybe not. Um that I I see something, I hear something in the text, I feel something, but I must always know that there's more. That's why we can revisit it. That's why the text was said something to me last year and it says something different to me this year. So it's it's not an arrogance of, you talked about not, mastered, not mastery, but being mastered by it. Um, and so it is that I count not myself to have apprehended. King James again um, mm-hmm. that Paul would say. In other words, you know, I look at myself and I don't have it all together. I'm not a, I'm really a teacher of this. I'm a share of, of this story and want to relate how it relates to my story. So I think if we don't do that, we have narrowed the doorway uh, and we have darkened the lens that we that we see and we've limited the ability to apply the scripture to our lives because it has to speak to me where I was. 40, 50 years ago, don't let that number scare you, and where I am now, way beyond 50, it still has to be a place of reference and a place of solace and a place of sanctuary and a place of romance. Uh, Don't get me started because the word is all of that. I seldom can talk about it without beginning to cry. So I didn't have Kleenex, but I bought a paper towel so, um, just in case because in case. The, the word is such a companion and is active uh, with, with my most intimate parts of me, of my mind and my spirit. OK, I'll stop. Um, so we're <laughs> humble because we are lessened knowing that we are before something that is so great.
1: Yeah, I love that. I so love that. And just even thinking about. This is not me trying to gas you up, you know, but just me thinking about um, how much of a student of God's word that you've been um, in your life and that, you know, you have the opportunity to teach God's word and um, that by God's grace, you've obtained, you know, a doctorate, you know, all these kinds of things. Just the fact that you can still come to the word with that kind of humility and that kind of expectation is, is beautiful. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and it really models something to me, um, as, as someone who, you know, looks, looks to you to be sort of, uh, where I would like to be, (laughs) you know, Um, let's, let's
2: pause right here a moment. I was trying to think if there's a phrase about, you know, when you say you're humble, that's when you're least humble. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I'm not a model and I'm not an example. Mm -hmm. Um, even more than uh, I wouldn't style myself, even as a teacher of the word, I think I have been beat, beat up so and whipped and uh, flogged uh, by the word uh, mm-hmm. for missing it at more than making it. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's just a reality. But the the respect that I have for it was something that was instilled in me as a young person. It didn't mean I followed it all the time, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I knew it was there, and I revered it. Uh, so I do love it because the word in my life, as a child, I was the only child. So it was, pardon if this not sacrilegious to anyone. This this was my, this my that was my playmates. That's who I sat down with my little cutouts and talked to. Um, that that's who I uh, we had little teacups and little. Susie bake ovens and all that stuff. That that's who I was baking with at, at four and five and six. That's and and coming up, that was always my companion. Uh in in elementary and high school, I was usually the one of whatever type I am versus the majority type. And so that was my comfort. I didn't understand a lot of it. Um, but when I was told to go to sleep at night, that's how that's what I had under the flashlight.
1: I mean, that's what I had under the
2: cover, a flashlight. And I would just read Psalms, I could pick out a little bit. So it's, it um, has been close, physically a companion. And then over time, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, not because I was on track, most often as a guardrail trying to bring me back in to hear better uh, what the Lord was saying to me.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, as we as we bring our, our time to a close uh, for our, our first episode, look at us, Dr. Cynthia James. We're doing it already. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I wanted for us to to share with folks like what can they expect, you know, um, from from this cat, this podcast. I know for me, um, one of the things I'm looking forward to is that, you know, this is going to be a multi gen conversation around the word. And I'm sure that people have already picked up um, on on that um, and that our, our our desire is to to come to the word with humility um however we're gonna miss the mark <laughs> of sometimes with that but that's why we have the this title of humble hermeneutics to kind of serve as a directive um for us um and this is going to be a conversational yeah. time um, where we look at different passages in the bible um and sort of, work through some sort of process of like what does it say, what does it mean? And how do we respond um to to the text? Um yeah, what 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 else do you want to let you know? For me it's gonna be a lot of fun because
2: <laughs> I may not be accurate in analysis, but I'll be sitting here like I was a few minutes ago trying to figure out what does she mean when she says, I don't want to gas you up? So I'll be trying to figure out the language things, which is just great. I mean, it's marvelous. So there, there is a lot that will go on that's not just content, but really is, as you call it, multi-gen. Is that the phrase you yes, use? Yeah. I can figure that one out. That was kind of apparent. Um, so there are these language um, vehicles and tools that we have that are so disparate, but maybe a sameness in heart and love for the scripture and for God's people. So that's going to be fun for me. Um, It'll be a bit of deciphering (laughs) and um, just, you know, and what I enjoy about it is um, I value your generation so much and I feel valued. Um, I feel that in our conversation. So it's not rehearsed. We don't know what each other are going to say. And I asked, um, as I said, please have a signal. So when I go way off, I'm going <laughs> to tell it all. I said, let me know when I did something wrong. She said, how about this? And I go, "No, that's too obvious. This is too <laughs> something. So we never did work that out. So she may just have to back me up every now and then, but I guarantee you it'll be
1: unforgettable. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for joining us for our first episode of hum- Humble Hermeneutics. And I hope that you will join us um, next time where we're going to have a conversation about Vashti, um from the Book of Esther. Yeah. Hope to see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Humble Hermeneutic, a Jew 3 Project podcast with Dr. Cynthia James and Yana Connor. Remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And also remember that you can become a monthly partner or a one-time giver of the Jew3 Project at jew3project.org. Every gift helps equip and helps us produce more content like this. In addition, if you would like to get merch, take an online course or get our curriculum, you can do so at Jude3project.org. Remember, here at the Jude3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it. God bless.